0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to
1: the 23 Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 23 Podcast. Happy day after
0: Memorial Day, Father Herb.
1: After the tornadoes of last night. Yes.
0: I'm glad everybody. Uh, I know in your, is safe. your in laws are uh, live in Dayton. Yes, every, I checked in. Everybody is doing okay this
1: morning. and uh, I have a sister who lives in Dayton, and I checked in with her this morning, and she was without power. She is a nun, lives in the Salem Heights area, Mm -hmm. and uh, a big tree right outside her window. She's in her mid-80s and lives in the convent. She has an apartment in this large building, and then they have a common dining room downstairs. Uh Uh, But they're without power, without water. And she said right outside her window, a big tree got split in half. Oh, really? But neither half fell onto the building. Praise God. Yeah, so she said she was okay, but um but without power and so she had no coffee yet this morning oh see that's the real tragedy yeah yeah she she said she had something to eat but nothing uh now she cannot use the steps because of some knee knee surgery uh-huh. uh and the power was off in the elevator so she couldn't go down to the dining room so she was stuck she was stuck although she i said is there a generator and she said yeah she just found out that there The generator does supply one of the other elevators.
0: They just didn't tell her about (laughs) it. Yeah, right. They didn't (laughs) tell
1: her. So she will have lunch, I'm sure.
0: How was your Memorial Day? It was absolutely beautiful. It was a beautiful day, wasn't it? It was a
1: great day. My sister Judy and brother-in-law Vern came, and we went out to Oak Openings to go walking, but it turned out to be a rather short walk because the mosquitoes are out in full force. Yes, there's lots. I was totally not ready for that.
0: Yeah, there have been a lot of them. We had a good day yesterday, too. I did some work uh, on our... I've been ripping out a shower, so that was kind of fun. You can take out your aggression on
1: concrete. You do have another shower in the house, I hope. We do, yes. Okay. We have
0: have other showers. And uh, then we were doing some yard work and things like that. And uh, we got back uh, in town on Sunday. Had a great time at um, the wedding over the weekend. Claire's sister, her youngest sister, uh, was married. It was wonderful. Good, good things. Our girls uh, were f- one of many flower girls. How many
1: wedding. flower Because gr- that whole family has a bunch of girls. So There, were, the-
0: <laughs> there were eight kids. Eight kids in the wedding the party. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and of course, your two were the, the prettiest two.
0: Well, of course, it all went swimmingly until and I was doing my best because Claire was in the wedding as well. So really, all the bridesmaids were spending the day getting ready. So that left it to myself and my brother-in-law. We were wrangling kids. We went to the park. We went swimming. The wedding wasn't until 4.30, so we had a lot of time to kill. Uh, and I was playing the wedding, so I was trying to you know, make sure I had everything prepared, sure. staying hydrated, those types of things. Um, so gave the girls a bath, got them ready for the wedding. Claire was kind enough to come up and at least do hair and that kind of stuff. And uh, got Emery's dress on. I had to get to the church so that I could rehearse with one of their cousins who was going to sing the Ave Maria. And our four-year-old decides she doesn't like the dress she's wearing. And when Emery decides she doesn't like what she's wearing... Chaos
1: follows. Where does she get her stubbornness, Michael? Not from me. It comes from her mother's
0: side of the family. So. Uh, do, does
1: does your wife listen to this podcast? She does.
0: Probably not after today. <laughs> no. But uh, <laughs> So I was, I was literally pulling a screaming four-year-old into the church who still didn't like her dress by the time we drove to it. It was kind of comical. Not at the moment, but looking back on it now, it, it's funny. It all worked out well. But she did a great job once. Once my brother-in-law got there, I handed my girls off to him because he was going to watch them during Mass because I was upstairs in the balcony. And they all sat still during Mass together, a a row of eight cousins, a whole pew of them. And they were pretty good.
1: Okay. Eight little flower girls. Okay. And there were a
0: couple – there were also a couple of ring bearers.
1: Okay. Thrown in the mix. Well – my weekend, which was much, much more sedate, <laughs> I did miss it here,
0: though. I I did get to mass Sunday morning at a a great parish down in Columbus, and uh, I, I just enjoyed being with that community. And it's fun
1: to be in the pew once in a
0: while, isn't it? Actually, it was it was really nice just to allow the music to to minister to me, and uh, just to go and to to soak in the scripture readings and to receive communion was just what I needed
1: that morning. Okay, so here we are that we're recording this on Tuesday. This Thursday will be 40 days since Easter. Hard to believe. 40 that. days since Easter is Ascension Thursday. Thursday, 40 days is always a Thursday. Mm-hmm. For about 20 years now in this country, we have moved the Feast of the Ascension to the subsequent Sunday. Some other countries had done that before us. Mm-hmm. And that's always, Holy Days are always controlled by the countries. That's not anything new. Mm-hmm. Uh, And the reason for it is so that people can celebrate the entire Easter celebration. So Easter Sunday, Ascension, and the following week, Pentecost. Because people weren't going to Mass on the Holy Day. (laughs) Well, a lot of times people were not able to. Sure. Yes. So it really gives it uh, a lot more uh, credence, opportunity, celebration. But here's my question. Yes. Yes. When it was on Thursday, yes, back in the old days, mm-hmm. especially if you lived in a rural community, mm-hmm. what were the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays called the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before Ascension Thursday? I don't know the answer to this question Oh, they were called Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, what? but <laughs> no they had special days why why in just a rural community? because you'll get the when you hear the answer, they were called Rogation days, oh from the word rogari in Latin, which means to pray. okay, And it was in the rural parishes because they would pray for the crops. And so they would literally, it depended on the parish, Yeah, the priest after Mass on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday might go out to different sections of the parish and yeah. bless all the crops. Uh, I remember as a kid, sometimes they'd bring in some of the the farmer implements would come to the church grounds and Mm -hmm. the priest would bless them after mass. Sometimes people would even bring in some of their livestock or their, their animals (laughs) and the priest would
0: bless them. Uh, As a city boy, I've never heard of this. No, it's called Rogation Days. I think this year the farmers would appreciate you just bringing your hair dryer out to the fields. Oh,
1: you know, that's, that's the segue because this is extremely late. Very. The, 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 the rain has been horrendous for the farmers and, You know, it's at the point where daily they're losing a percentage of their crop. Sure, Even if they get something in the ground, the yield is going to be less. And there are some types of crop seeds that have a shorter germination time, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily what they ordered last winter when they bought their seeds. Sure, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, farmers are really struggling.
0: The, The weather has been hard on a lot of people, but I think, you know, for those that are inconvenienced, by a little rain because it ruined your cookout. At least it's not directly affecting your livelihood. Although everybody will be indirectly affected because the cost of food will be going up.
1: Oh, it's it's everything. Yes. It, we're all connected. Now let's talk about the readings. Would you like to talk about the readings? For this podcast, I think it's a pretty novel idea. Okay. We're going to talk about Luke. <clears throat> Luke wrote two books. Okay. The Gospel of Luke mm-hmm. and the Acts of the Apostles of Luke. Mm-hmm. So the, the story of the Ascension is only alluded to in the gospel, but it's described full force in Acts of the Apostles, which is the first reading. Yes, So the very beginning of Acts of the Apostles. Because it is full force. He's, he starts off, in other words, the, the Feast of the Ascension is the turning point. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the gospel and the beginning of the story of the church. I love Acts of the Apostles. I, every year I like it more. But I do like uh, the, the, the expression and the description of the ascension. Mm-hmm. But I also like next week the Pentecost, the first Pentecost. Sure. So I think what we're going to do is read. Uh, why don't you read the first half and I'll read the second half of the passage from Acts of the Apostles for this week. All right.
0: Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit.
1: When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He answered them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven. Okay, there we are. So there, we, <laughs> that, thats not in there. That was your oh your yeah, ending that last line. line. That was an editorial comment. So there <laughs> the, you are. The the men in white garments. So there. Okay, so there. Now, it's like the apostles still didn't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, is this the time you're going to restore Israel? It's sort of like they still wanted Israel in the good old days. Uh, King David, the mm-hmm. power. Are you going to restore it? And Jesus is saying. I'm turning over everything to you through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the connection, but it's not what you think. It, you know, so he basically leaves the earth and his ministry in the hands of these apostles mm-hmm. who still didn't didn't <laughs> know what they were doing.
0: There's nothing worse than. You, you leaving and not having confidence in the team that's supposed to be carrying on what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> well, I was
1: thinking about unfinished business. You know, like, I have never left a parish where I felt like, okay, okay everything's done. You know, I've been pastor. Everything's done. Oh, sure. Uh, there's nothing for my successor to do. It's always like, oh, there's all kinds of things happening. You've got to continue it.
0: Well, that's the very definition of the, ch- the mission of the church, right? I mean, if if we ever call ourselves done, we're in trouble. There's always more people to reach. There's always people that need to hear God's mercy and experience that. And it's not only
1: that, but the clay vessels that we are, Mm. you know, we are the ones to carry out the message.
0: As you were reading this, I, I couldn't help but think, man, wouldn't it be so cool if, as this happened, the apostles could get out their iPhones and take a video of this so that we could see this 2,000 years later? But there was
1: a big cloud, that was too foggy. A number of years ago, I had a funeral, and the, the, the man who had died was uh, a pilot in the Air Force, mm-hmm. the Air Guard, actually. And so they did the flyover after the funeral mass. And it was, I, I don't know, if, I think it was four jets fighters came over right at the right time. We were standing there. And they, you know, very loud, everybody looked up. And as right as they came over us, the one came out of formation and went up, and the sky was perfectly blue except for one white cloud. And the one that came out of formation went into the cloud hmm. and just totally disappeared. And I kept on watching, thinking it's going to come out on the other side or something, but apparently the the flyer had gone so high that he was no longer visible. Wow. But uh, it was overwhelming. So when, when I read this and it talked about Jesus went into the cloud, of course, the cloud in scripture is always a symbol of something godly. Mm. You know, it's beyond our senses. It's a mystical. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is uh, disappearing from sight. But immediately, immediately, these two angels, these two men standing there in white garments say, why are you continuing to look up at the sky? (laughs) That's not where it's at, folks. These poor guys can't catch a break. Yeah, well, because they were just not getting it. But it's a good reminder to us, us, where do we look? Do we spend all our time looking at the sky? On a beautiful day sometimes. Yeah. Did you ever do that where you stopped? Say you're walking down the street, and you stop, and you look up. And you just stop and stand there and keep looking up, and other pedestrians come by, and some will kind of look past you, but pretty soon somebody's going to stop and look up as well.
0: Have you done this before? Yeah. Just did, to see if you can get people to yeah, do it too? Did,
1: didn't you do those things when you were younger? No. Or did, you're still young.
0: Thank you. Okay. Uh, maybe I should try it. You should try it.
1: <laughs> just, just start looking up.
0: I Audrey likes to still look up and see what um, shapes she can see in the clouds. That's always kind of a fun game. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. But, but I've never but tried to fake other people just, out. Just
1: fake people out. Or somebody after Mass was telling me, they said, we have this brand new church, and see up there on the wall, the water's dripping down. And I looked up, and it wasn't the water dripping down. It was a shadow coming from the cable that holds the big crucifix. Oh, really? Uh, but they they were convinced it was the water. So I'm standing there looking at it and trying to convince him it's just a shadow. So we're both standing there looking up, and pretty soon, two or three other people came up and joined us and looked up, what are you looking at? Well, actually, we're just looking at shadows. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you should start making shadow puppets. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I love that question, what are you looking at? I, I think about, um, I believe it's from Hebrews. One of my favorite lines in Hebrews is, you know, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, yeah. that, that, is the, that is the focal point. That is the, the ideal, that we always keep our eyes focused on him. And everything else around us begins to make sense. But But, obviously but
1: but let me take that a step further. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, but when Jesus is not visible, yeah, where do we keep our eyes fixed? And the angels were saying, Don't look up, look out. Hmm. And basically uh look to where you're headed now and look at the power entrusted into you, your hands to be the hands and feet of Jesus. One of our songs we sing, um, To be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, uh, it's
0: uh, As One. You know, it talks about, yeah. call us to be your hands and your feet. Yes. Come we j-
1: we m- just sang that recently.
0: Uh, you sang it this weekend. Yeah. yeah. You, you did not, but we did. You did, You're correct. Well, I sang it at the wedding. I do that did, one at weddings
1: do quite a bit. Yeah, that's a church bell sing, yeah. ring. Well, I
0: like that one for weddings because it talks about, well, one, you know, the community of Christ gathering as one, mm-hmm. but I think sacramentally, talking about two becoming one um but in that refrain i love that that whole prayer for the couple call us to be your hands and your feet come and make us holy yeah i think that's powerful as you begin marriage okay and let me
1: bring us back since i was the one who you got off, i, on I, led, I led you i led you astray this time wedding bells are ringing yes oh uh, speaking of wedding bells ringing we have a wedding this week we do in the chapel we do first one yes In the the little chapel of our church. We're going to the the chapel. chapel. That's the opening song. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. Okay, so I I said that the story in Luke is in Acts of the Apostles, not in the gospel reading, but because the people out there are listening closely, and they want to know, well, then what does the gospel say? They're on the edge of their seats. Would you read the gospel passage? It's only a few verses.
0: Sure. We're uh, in Luke chapter 24. Which is the end of Luke. Verses 46 to 53. Jesus said to his disciples, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning for, from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, raised his hands, and blessed them. And as he blessed them, he parted from them and was taken up to heaven. They did him homage, and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God.
1: So it's really not very descriptive. It just says he ascended. Mm-hmm.
0: You and know what word, word stuck out to me there, though? Witness. No. What homage? They because that's him. that's such a that's such a line from the nativity story when the magi come to visit him as an infant and
1: they did him homage
0: yeah it's almost like a book ending the account of his
1: very well very well observed my friend thank you thank you yes you are you are becoming a detective i'm here for the next four minutes but did you notice the other word that was in both acts of the apostles and the gospel passage is witness in acts of the apostles uh Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, throughout Judea and Samaria. Mm -hmm. And here it simply says, you are witnesses of these things and behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city. So it really begs the question, what is a witness and how do we witness and is witness passive or active? What is it for you? Oh, it's very active, and it's not just witnessing to stuff, but witnessing to the person. In other words, it's easy for people to talk about the church they attend. Mm. It's easy, like you just gave a description to me before we went online. Uh, You gave me a description of the church you attended on Sunday morning in the Columbus area. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's easy to do that. We can describe the building, we can describe the people, you can quote the homily, you can do many things. Sure. But the real witness is a witness to how the mystery affects your life. Mm. It, it's not just even what Jesus said, but how it affects you. When you say the mystery, can you clarify a bit? No, Are you talking about? No, it's mystery.
0: Because it's a mystery. Yeah. When you said that, I was thinking, you know, sometimes Mass is referred to as the sacred mysteries. You know how how do you know what takes place at mass affects well, us? Well,
1: mystery almost by definition is be beyond description. Mm-hmm. It it is ethereal. It is um, it can't be controlled. So that when I say we say that mystery affects us, but I can talk about how maybe my heart is filled with hope. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's there's joy. There's also a wonderful line here, in uh, one of the readings about let, your, let your, the eyes of your heart, is that in the second reading? Yeah, in the second reading from Ephesians, may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened. So it's, it's really uh, that whole idea that it's something happens inside you mm-hmm. and you, wit- you witness to the, the activity going on, mm-hmm. the fermentation of the Holy Spirit, uh, the bubbling up, the, of course everything for me comes back to coffee so the per, the perca, the percolating <laughs> the percolation. coffee pot yeah the percolation that it is happening inside and i think that's the holy spirit and so we become witnesses not only to what we saw jesus do but how we are changed because of it
0: and the only reason that you and i are sitting here today talking about this is because there have been people in our lives that witness to us how jesus changed their lives And now we're doing that to other people.
1: And that all goes back to the ascension. All right. Go out, go out and tell the good news. Go out, go out. Are we singing that? We are this weekend. Okay. Hey, thank you everybody for listening.